0: two one happy Saturday the meltdown show on a very very special Saturday I will try to not do them on the weekends but apparently I have nothing else better to do sitting here just got through watching uh, my volunteers fall to Auburn at Auburn 8480 a heartbreaking uh, loss for the Vols as they were trying to get ready for the SEC tournament they still have an outside shot of winning the SEC regular season but I think they're going to need Vanderbilt to lose to uh, to win at LSU. However, LSU probably going to rally for their coach, Will Wade, who is probably going to go to prison. Hopefully not, but, you know, probably going to go to prison for corruption and, you know, basically being a um, a shady folk. But, you know, just sitting here, I was watching, I was on the Twitter machine at The Meltdown Show at Twitter. Uh, follow me there. It's a great place. Um... Going back and forth with some college basketball fans, I said, you know what I should probably do? I should probably I should probably do a podcast. You know I'm not doing anything else. I think it would be a good day, good way to waste a little bit of time. And uh, I really enjoy doing them. I hope you enjoy listening to them. I've seen my uh, listens here on the great Anchor app go up over and over. So I really, really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen to them. But I mentioned I was on Twitter, I was on social media, checking out some Facebook stuff. Uh, there's a great um, there's a great page on Facebook called Sports Talk. It's primarily based here out of Southwest Florida where I live, but we got people from all over the country on it. You get into some really good discussions. You get into some really silly discussions. But you know, in thinking you know, social media and sports, how the evolution has kind of come about. If you think about it now, it's still kind of in its infancy. You know, I'm 41. I can remember a time where people didn't not everybody had a cell phone. You know, I can remember when the internet made, you know, made this sound. As you're trying to get on the internet. Now, it's everywhere. It's on your laptop. I mean, hell, it's on your phone. If you like to pay exorbitant amount of money, you can even get it in a watch. You know that Inspector Gadget cartoon back when you were old like me? That Inspector Gadget cartoon back in the day? You're like, man, that guy's got it all. Now we have it all. So social media and sports, I, I think it's I think it's helping actually. I think uh, the the s- largest sport that's kind of adopted it and branded it and made it their own is the NBA. I mean, every NBA player has a uh, has, seems to have a Twitter account and they're active on it, very active. NFL is probably second. Uh, baseball nowhere near either of those other two sports. Baseball seems to be very insulated in its own world, which I love. I love baseball. It's probably probably my favorite sport, uh, but you know. The NBA has really used uh, social media, I think, to help grow its brand. I think NBA has a goal of being a worldwide sport, a worldwide league. And I think using Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and places like that, I think they're going to accomplish that. I think Adam Silver is very, very pro-social media. I know a few years ago, college coaches didn't want their players during regular season to use social media. It seems asinine now. I mean, sports organizations use it every day to build relationships with their fan base. Imagine this. I'm 40. Imagine 20 years ago. I'm 20 years old. Do you know how sports teams told people about special nights, special events, or goings-on at their arena? Billboards. Radio commercials. TV commercials. Now, in 12 seconds, you can put an ad together, put it on social media, and it touches 5 million people in your area. It is a... A dynamic tool. Look at me. I'm using it to do to do podcasts. I never would have thought I'd done a podcast. I just usually like to come on Facebook and, you know, on draft night for NBA and college and just basically tell people what I think. Whether you agree with me or not, I don't really care. Same with this. If you don't really agree with me or not, that's fine. I just enjoy doing this. But I think it's even given me a voice, someone who, you know, has no formal training, just loves sports and loves to talk about it. So that's what I'm going to do. But I think with, with, with the way organizations are using it, they're using it in a, as a building block to kind of touch base with its fan base, to kind of build interest around, you know, nights that are not always interesting. Think about it. Baseball has 162 games. Why it doesn't use social media more, it kind of baffles me because I know you can only have, what, 80 bobble nights at your home stadium, and bobble nights don't sound like a lot of fun, but if you've never been to a game and you didn't get a bobblehead, that's pure sadness. Whereas the NBA uses it for anything, you get player updates. Teams are constantly updating their social media. They hire people just to do social media. It's that important. Players who have great social media. If you if you want to follow somebody great on Twitter, Donovan Mitchell, point guard, Utah Jazz, knocks it out of the ballpark. Has one of the best Twitter follows ever. Jay Crowder also a Jazz. Another great follow. I'm not even a Jazz fan. I'm a Grizzlies fan. Talk about grizzly guys that got a good um, uh, social media presence. Uh, rookie Javon Carter out of West Virginia, he's got a good one. Uh, Mike Conley, you know, it, it sees the NBA has seemed to found that niche where it could talk to its fans and also keep it in the forefront during times where, like now, the NFL keeps it trying to jump back into the forefront or football guys to jump back in the forefront. So. Social media is a way for them, for organizations alone, to kind of keep you interested during a long season. The NBA seems like it starts in October; it's over in July. It seems really long. People complain about baseball. I think the NBA season's long, and once it gets to the playoffs, it seems really long because it's a seven-game series played over 20 days. Really? We can't tighten this up. I know you don't want playoff games going on back-to-back nights, but holy cow! I mean, but not just organizations. I mean, players. Players are using it to, to stay in touch with fans. You know, fans feel closer to players now. And what does that do? I'll tell you. It keeps you engaged longer. I think that's one of the big, big secrets of success of fantasy sports. Why do people why is fantasy football so popular? Minus in baseball and basketball, minus the the money aspect that you can make out of it now with daily fantasy DraftKings FanDuel, Not a sponsor yet. Hoping one of these to catch on, but anyway, uh, fantasy sports are very, 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 very popular. But what does fantasy sports do? Kind of like social media, keeps you engaged. If you are playing a fantasy baseball season, guess what's something you are going to do throughout the day that you probably wouldn't do if you weren't playing? You are going to check scores. You are going to check see who's starting. You are going to check see who's pitching. You are going to see results, trends. You are going to stay more involved. And what does that do overall? It keeps you more connected to the game. And I think that's what social media is supposed to do it initially started off that way the internet did it wanted to you know bring people closer now i think some people use social media way too much then again i think it's a i think it's it it could be a useful tool you know i know schools use it now for for homework assignments and students like that but you know as far as social media and sports i think it's i think it's just beginning i think it's going to be more and more you know and speaking of people who use it for bad i mean antonio brown uh, free agent, wide receiver, uh, unrestricted unrestrict- free agent, actually. I think he's trying to get traded. I don't think he's a free agent, actually. Trying to get traded out of Pittsburgh. Um, he'll actually uh, send you a personalized message for $500 on social media. That <laughs> just seems asinine to me. But, you know, maybe he's maybe he doesn't think he's going to get signed and he's got to find another revenue stream. But, you know, that, that's one way. But, you know, social media's growth just on the on the major platforms... YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tell me, should I get an Instagram? Eh, I don't have one yet. I probably I might do one for the podcast if it if it if I get a big yes. If I get a bunch of messages that's like, "Yeah, you should be on Instagram. It's more popular." I would I would really consider it. But, you know, with with these with these avenues for players and organizations, why wouldn't you use it? You know and social media is great for fans is to actually have meaningful conversations with other fans you know sometimes they don't always they aren't they aren't always meaningful they're uh sometimes they're downright ugly uh get a lot of misinformed people Uh, i think the biggest uh difference is uh age you have a huge age difference like i said i'm in my 40s you get on these um message boards or facebook pages or or Twitter rants, and the age difference is so drastic that you're talking about something that happened, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and some of these people weren't born. So they bring their impression of sports now versus your impression of sports then, and then you start having what I think is the most soul-sucking debate on the internet. It's not politics. People will think it's politics. It's not. It's sports figure comparisons, and the worst one of all times is who is better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Shoot me in the face. Because we all know it's Michael Jordan, (laughs) it's not even close. Well, it is close. LeBron James is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is a superstar. He is, in my opinion, he is more magic than he will ever be Michael. I think Kobe is more Michael than anyone ever Ever. But I don't think the comparisons are fair to LeBron, to be honest with you. Michael Jordan played in an era of basketball where he was very physical. You know, and he still averaged 30 points a game. You know, he's one of the most... He's the most dominant basketball player of all time. Ask anybody that played with him. And look at the Hall of Famers he played against. Shaq, Charles Barkley, Larry Bird. I mean, these guys are all-world basketball players. I mean, the comparisons are, you know... It's not fair sometimes. But you what you'll do is you'll get the millennials, and I'm only saying that because that's how you classify yourself, the millennials or the youngins, and they'll bring, well, LeBron did this, 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 and Jordan never had to do this, this, or this. Well, that's true. Yeah, LeBron gets to play in an era where they don't, you know, they call a lot more touch fouls. They let they let the play be a little more free and the scoring a little bit better. It's where Jordan would drive to the basket. And, you know, you'd run into a guy named, you know, Bill Lambeer, Trey Rollins, who would put you underneath the basket as in a common foul type of situation. He was much more physical. It was much more demanding on the body. You know, LeBron James, you know, we've seen him, you know, and he's playing on a team now with the Lakers, and it's just bad. You know, beginning of the year, Laker fans, I think, are losing their mind a little bit. We're going to the playoffs. The WNBA playoffs, you weren't making the NBA playoffs. You're not a good basketball team. You have some good young talent. You have Kyle Kuzma Brandon Ingram. Those are good young players. You know, the Zubac kid has had some games here and there. So you see that they do have some skill, but that's not the Lakers. The Lakers don't play that way. The Lakers are showtime. They're flash, they're dash, but it's funny, no one seems to really want to play with the Lakers. You would have thought this offseason, one of these free agents would have popped up and joined LeBron in LA, but it starts to bring to your to your point, you know, will will someone join him this summer? Will it be Kawhi Leonard? Will it? Will it be another one of these big free agents? I know they're going to clear cap space. They'll basically give away everybody on their team other than LeBron to bring in new players. They'll definitely do that. I think Magic's kind of panning himself into a hole by bringing in LeBron. Now, do I think it's a bad move? Of course not. LeBron James, with merchandise and just his presence on a team, makes organizations billions of dollars. That, that goes without saying. But he's even said it, you know, it's hard to win by myself. And that right there, that statement that he has made more than once, or I need help, that is something you never heard Michael Jordan say. Now, granted, Michael played with Scottie Pippen, who's a top 50 player of all time, but he played with some great other players. That you don't get credit, you know, at all. I mean, you have, you know, he played with, you know, Dennis Rodman. who's probably arguably one of the best rebounders in all times. He played with Horace Grant, who was a scrappy big. You know, he played with... <laughs> The coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, who could shoot at John Paxson, who's a hmm, GM, or former GM of the Bulls. He was kind of up and down, but he was a great shooter in the NBA. So Jordan had pieces, but Jordan ran that team. Jordan didn't ask for help from Isaiah. Jordan didn't call up Magic, say, hey, you want to come to the Bulls and let's make a run? It just didn't happen back then. And I think that's the big divide when you start doing comparisons is it's two different times. And I, I don't think it's fair to either player. You know, I, I Jordan is Jordan. Always referred to him as the predator, the ultimate predator. He doesn't care what happens. I mean, he, it's story after story, he's punched his own teammates. Okay, he wasn't a good teammate, and he's not the nicest guy in the world. And he's never opened a school. And you know, he's had issues, you know, personal issues with gambling. Okay, he's a flawed human being. He's also the greatest basketball player of all times. LeBron will go down in history as one of the greats, no doubt. Probably two. Easily, you know, but and LeBron is one of those players where he's been so popular. He just passed Magic and points scored, gonna past him in minutes a long time ago. LeBron's been around since he was in high school, you know. Jordan went to college, came out, you know, he had the, he had the traditional experience. Well, LeBron's been around a lot longer, so sports comparisons are never going to be fair, you know, and some of them are really asinine. Like I, I saw one today on 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 a sports talk thing that I like to look at, and they're like and a guy just made the comment and it got a, it got a rainstorm of responses, you know, who's better? Larry Bird or LeBron James? Now the first thing you think of is oh my god, it's LeBron James. And you're right, it is LeBron James. But there's one thing LeBron James never had the opportunity to play against Larry Bird. You know, Larry Bird, you know, career kind of got cut short due to injuries of his own fault, you know, laying your own concrete when you're a millionaire. Seems kind of silly, but that's what Indiana Hoosiers do. They do it themselves, whatever, Larry. But you know, LeBron's a much better player than Larry Bird. More athletic, more physical, more dynamic. I mean, until until LeBron James, I mean, we'd only ever seen this type of skill set one other time, and that was in Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson kind of changed the game, trying to change the face of basketball. You know, he comes out as a rookie. He's a six foot nine point guard. And until Magic, if you were six foot nine, guess what position you played? Center or power forward? You were never a point guard. And and those old wars back in the days, I used to remember Sundays as a kid, Lakers Celtics on Sunday afternoon on ABC. Oh my god. Those games were must see TV. Larry Legend versus Magic. I mean, and they would go at it tooth and nail, and it was physical. and And then people, you know, you know, who is better? Larry's better because of this, and Magic's is better because of that. And, and you're just watching, like people's reactions to this. and And I think that's a great comparison: Magic Johnson to Larry Bird. However, I think Magic is the better player. Statistics prove it out. If you look at re- regular season scoring, you know. Bird averaged, you know, 24 points a game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. That's a pretty good game. That's an all-star caliber player. Where Magic, you know, during the regular season, averaged, you know, 19 points, 11 boards, and 11 assists. Until Magic, that never occurred from a guy of that size. So Magic is kind of like the jumping off or the birthing of the new era of basketball. If you watch basketball now, and even some NBA teams, you'll be hard-pressed to find a guy that's under 6'7", 6'8". You know, everyone's long. All these big guys that can dribble and shoot now. Seven-footers that play like they're 6'5". Anthony Davis, you know, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, my God. I mean, it is... it is Magic ushered that new era into basketball. So, then you say, who's better, Magic or Bird? You got to say Magic. Because Magic changed basketball. Larry was, Larry was good for the hustle, hard work type. He was the sweaty guy, on the floor... Giving the extra effort, playing the defense, slapping the floor, the traditional role. Where Magic was Flash and Magic was Showtime. And, and Magic, you know, helped shape the way the NBA is today. So I, I think comparisons of old, older players and newer players are stupid. I think comparison of any player is stupid. I really do. But I, I think it, this is something that's not going to go away. Because something in our society now is we have to have two camps for everything politics you're either a democrat or republican and basketball fans you're either mj or lebron you know you're a couple of years ago you were like, you're either a golden state fan or a caps fan <laughs> you know if you're a heat fan you were wherever lebron went because you know miami has about the same turnout as you know most middle school games like 12 people your parents are there you get that third cousin flew in from out of town to watch you play yeah that's kind of how miami is they're kind of the biggest bandwagon fans of them all um as far as NBA fan bases go, woo, kind of bad. But, you know, other comparisons in other sports. You know, I, I don't like them either. Tom Brady gets compared to Peyton Manning, which I don't think is fair. Now, give Thomas credit. He's got seven world championships. You think he's played in ten Super Bowls, something like that. That's great. That's great. But if you look at Tom Brady, I think he has had his success primarily due to players around him. Whereas his counterpart for a lot of years was Peyton Manning, I think Peyton Manning is much better of a quarterback than Tom Brady is. I think Tom Brady's had more of the more fortunate success. I've heard even a lot of you know talking heads on radio and even on television shows on have said this. Tom Brady is the luckiest player in NFL history, and he is. And ironically, for me, it's kind of funny. I remember the game when Tom Brady made his entrance into the NFL. I'm a Bills fan, full disclosure. Drew Bledsoe was rolling out to his right near the sidelines, and Sam Adams hit him into the second row of the of the sideline. This is back when you could tackle quarterbacks. Knocked him into a garbage can. I think his arms and legs both popped off. They were trying to put him back together like a Mr. Potato Head, because if you don't remember Sam Adams, he was about the size of a house. So he crushed Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe couldn't return, and they put in this little scrawny kid from Michigan, Tom Brady. And the rest is history, you know, so the Bills <laughs> caused their own demise for <laughs> the last 16, 17 years of his career because I think he's twenty-eight and five again twenty-eight and four against us all the time. So he's pretty much crucified us. But we created him, so way to go, Buffalo. But you know, I, I think Manning overall is a better quarterback. I think I think he knew the game better. I think he was physically better. I think he had a better arm. I think he had all the tools. I just think Tom Brady is more fortunate. You know, but then again, that's where the comparisons come. And that's how you should probably argue it. You know, Ying versus Yang. Use facts instead of like, well, no, Tom Brady plays for the Patriots. And the Patriots are great and everything. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to massage the situation in New England. Too soon? Okay, no more Robert Kraft jokes. Okay, I get it. I'll stop that. I mean, I'm just rubbing for... no, nothing. Stop that. So... So comparisons are bad. I mean, even back in the day, we had comparisons. Who was better, Montana or Elway? I mean, if people forget how good John Elway was. I mean, he had an arm. It was almost like he was a quarterback with two arms. It was that strong. I mean, you hear stories how they'd have to use a a football passing machine to wide receivers because Elway threw it too hard. Yeah. And then you have Montana. Not the biggest guy in the world, but probably one of the most successful. I think he's five for five in Super Bowls. I don't think he ever lost one means he was 5-for-5 in NFC Championship games, you know. And for the longest time, that's who I consider to be probably the best quarterback ever to play the game. You know, once again, he had a world of talent around him. Roger Craig, that wide receiver who actually I think the GOAT phrase is actually initiated for to begin with, and it probably should have stayed there, Jerry Rice. So, I mean... Comparisons can be fun if they're doing it in a good way. Uh, what often gets forgotten in quarterback comparisons, people forget about Dan Marino. How good Dan Marino was. I mean, he was at the top of his game, you know, his entire career. Except for that last game he played in Jacksonville, they got beat 62-3. to three. Other than that, he was tops of his field. I mean, he's a big guy, Pittsburgh kid. And back in the day, that's where all the quarterbacks came from. I mean, Jim Kelly's from there, Marino's from there, etc., etc., etc. That's kind of where they all came from, and they're all kind of the same milk. They're all hardworking. They were all got it done. I think Marino ended up throwing for like seventy-two thousand yards. He is a great quarterback. He doesn't get any of the credit that I think he deserves. I, I think comparisons can fun and keep us talking, and I think it really sh- what comparisons should be used for is to kind of help keep the memory of these older players alive. Especially with these younger guys. The younger guys won't know anything about these players. The younger guys didn't get to sit there on that cold winter day and watch John Elway drive down the field to beat the Browns in, in the, in the AFC title game. They don't They don't get to see that. They'll never get to see that. Or, you know, um, Montana to Clark in the end zone. Rest in peace, Mr. Clark. I mean, you will never, ever get to see that. You know, unless you go on YouTube. YouTube doesn't get the same effect. You're not surrounded in the game. You're not sitting there watching your television with 4chan, it's just the, it's just, is a different time, it's a different history, and I think if the more we talk about these things, we keep these players around, you know, In before social media, the only way an, an, a former player was ever heard of, and it's kind of silly, is if he broke the law, you know, if he got arrested, you know, or did something stupid, it was the only way we'd ever, ever hear from them, you know, and comparisons are like this as well. Sometimes, that's basically how I feel. Sometimes comparisons are like trying to pick your favorite kid. Now, we all know if you have kids, you're never going to pick a favorite. But we all know you have one. You just don't talk about it. Right, Mom? You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so, yeah, and another thing. You know, I mentioned it earlier, the whole goat phrase for Jerry Rice, which I think should have just stayed there now you, you talk to people on sports pages or you just listen to even even ESPN Mike Greenberg says it for like every 15 minutes like, today a high school pitcher throws a no hitter he's the goat I mean everyone is the goat of everything and everything has to have a goat oh it is the worst word in our lexicon I wish you would go away like when I was a kid a big no no for speech was ain't now it's I think it's in the dictionary you know goat should be stripped from our vocabulary and never be allowed to use again. It it, it serves no purpose. All it does, it, and it's asinine. I mean, you know, you know you're, you're watching a basketball game and uh, Spencer DeWitty from uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and this is kind of the one that threw me over the edge with it. I think he scored like 40 points in the game. And they're like, I am the goat of the Nets. Really? The goat? Dude has one good game in his career, and, he, and he's a goat. I it's just I just it is a phrase I hope goes away. I think it causes more grief than it does good. I I I, I do believe in the long run, social media, the internet, sports, are going to be a match made in heaven. I really do. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Actually, I think it's going to get better. I think the evolution of the internet's changing every five minutes. I mean, if you go to your app store there's an app for absolutely everything there's an app for you know dating finding a place to hunt there's an app for finding some place to get your oil changed i mean anything sports betting anything you want to do now you could do on an app so i mean the internet's not going away and it's something i think we should really embrace you know i have apps on my phone for sports. CBS Sports app, the ESPN app, the Yahoo Sports app, and you know what? And I, I use them. I get notifications. They keep me engaged with what I love, which is sports. And you know, it's just it's just a way for us all to stay together. And you know, you know, I mentioned earlier that Tennessee lost a tough game to Auburn today in basketball. If you're not, if you're a big, if you like college basketball, today's the day to watch it. Even if you have multiple channels. You know, you can watch some of these conference tournament games getting into their quarters and semifinals of some of the smaller conferences, which you should probably start watching those games now. So when you hear a team like Wolford coming into the NCAA tournament, you're like, who in the shit is that? You know, you should probably start learning some of these names. I know a few years ago, uh, FGCU, the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles, you know, shocked the world, got to the Sweet 16. These are the conference tournaments you have to watch. And sometimes they're the more entertaining conference tournaments and games. But the big boys played today. Like I said, you know, um, Kentucky's playing Florida today in the SEC. Uh, if Vanderbilt beats LSU, and LSU has had a tough day, tough few days, um, then Tennessee will split a share of the SEC. But they're not the only conferences. I mean, I think whoever did the scheduling for conferences this year did a great job. A great job. Because the last game of the regular seasons seems to be a lot of perennial rivalries. 6 o'clock tonight. Michigan, Michigan State, that is a great rivalry. Those two schools are in the same state. They don't really like each other much. It's a great game, and both teams are really good. It's going to be a great game. And then at 8 o'clock tonight in prime time, Duke, North Carolina, probably the greatest college basketball rivalry of all times. They are going to battle. It's already been said, in case you are wondering, you haven't heard yet, Zion Williams is not going to play. I really hope that he can come back and play in the ACC title game so we can see Zion Williams versus North Carolina in the ACC tournament. At least once. He did play in the first game for 33 seconds before Nike tried to take him out. I mean, before his shoe exploded. I just kid, Nike. But it was interesting to see him on Instagram wearing Adidas. Hmm. I guess you should probably, uh... Nike should probably work on that relationship a little bit. (laughs) Above board, please don't do what you know what the other shoe companies have done, and you know send executives to jail and get three or four college basketball coaches into a uh, FBI wiretap situation. But check out the college basketball today later tonight. If you like it, I love it. UFC is on ESPN Plus. I am not sponsored by ESPN. I watch it a lot, even though I don't like a lot of their shows anymore. I do watch some of their programming. Their programming is pretty good. Uh, especially tonight on ESPN Plus, their new app, which I'm going to have to get because I really want to watch this fight. UFC on ESPN, main event tonight, is really the only fight I want to watch. Derek, my balls are hot, Lewis. If you've not seen that YouTube clip, please go check it out in his one of his last fights. Oh my God, it was amazing. It's the greatest thing ever. He is exhausted. He takes his pants off in the middle of the ring as Joe Rogan is interviewing him. And he looks at Joe, he goes, why'd you take, Joe says, why'd you take your pants off, Derek? And Derek goes, my balls were hot. Greatest ever. He's got his hands full tonight because he's fighting former heavyweight champion Junior Dos Santos. Combined, they have 32 knockouts professionally. Someone's going to sleep. I watched Dos Santos' last fight down in um, uh, Australia against Taya Talavusu. I think I up his name up the Australian kid. The Australian kid pretty much dominated him for the entire fight until Junior landed that big right and ended the fight immediately. Someone is going to sleep. If you like action fights and guys that throw heavy, heavy hands, Derek Lewis, Junior DeSantos, tonight on the ESPN Plus app. There might be prelims on ESPN. You know how you could find that out? Go to your channel guide and check it out. That's it for me. I've rambled long enough I love doing this podcast. This is the Meltdown Show. And hey, go out there and watch some sports.